What's up guys, welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 132. It's me, Matt Whitmore, with the one and only Keris Marsden. Hello. Hello. Actually, it should be decaf. Keris, Keris decaf Marsden. Yeah. Keris partially decaf Marsden, because you're still eating chocolate. Yeah. Soz. I'm not ready for that one yet. I'm not... I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, I'm, it's, it's impressive enough you've ditched coffee. I think so. It took me a year. Well, basically, I decided last week that... Enough is enough. <laughs> yeah, basically. I think it was, there was a couple of reasons. I think it was hilarious because... Not hilarious, but when you've had some gut issues and I'm, I'm like feeling 100% better, but I spent so long looking at all the studies on coffee going, <laughs> can I cherry pick here and go, nope, there's nothing to back up that coffee is going to yeah. be contributing to... I've just got some lingering symptoms I want to clear up. Coffee is definitely not the factor, not, not going to be a factor. And I was like, this is crazy. The only way you're going to find out is, everyone says, just just stop it Take and it see. Out. Yeah. And, but also because I was kind of, I'm kind of aware, and this is something I want to, I'm making a, a real kind of effort to do for the first time in my life is start to listen to my body better, respect it better and not push boundaries. And, and caffeine does allow me to do that. I tend to work harder, longer. It kind of, you know, makes you, it means you do more exercise than maybe you're capable of. And it really, I come such a light sleeper and it really makes me sleep. Yeah, it was, it was disrupting your sleep a lot, wasn't it? it? Well, I think it's always made me, I am a light sleeper and I don't think it helps and it never has done. Hmm. But you'd find yourself like slipping into like, you get a second coffee and I'd be like, oh, sorry, I'll have one. And I like strong coffee as well. Yeah. So I was kind of aware you that got got more caffeine in me than most people. And I just think someone like me, type A, likes working hard. I've got to be able to use it almost like as a pleasure food and just have a coffee with you at the weekend. Mm. And then if I can, when I'm work in work mode, I just should be able to do that decaffeinated and, and listen to my body. And then I'll take more breaks. And when I'm getting tired, get some fresh air and stuff. So that's kind of my main reason for doing it. And I'd say the one thing that the hardest bit was being in London yesterday with all the nice mm. artisan coffee shops. And I was saying to you, oh, that's the smell and, and the ritual of me and you going for a nice coffee. Yeah. Like, so eventually I'm going to probably, when I post this on Facebook, people were like, will you ever have coffee again? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it was not that I'm saying, oh gosh, you know, coffee, coffee's bad. But I think when you're in this process of, of trying to, you know, it's kind of just like self-care, self-improvement, whatever you want to call it. For me, it wasn't serving me, and I, no. I need to be able to go without it, and and that's where I am. So it's now you're just happy with having a sniff of my coffee. I just smell your coffee. Give us a sniff. Someone needs to invent like a perfume. That's <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. Someone needs to invent like a perfume or a spray, like a room spray of coffee. No, 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 no. You don't. Really? You no. That house know, is so bizarre at the moment because it either basically smells because you do have your coffee machine that's automatic. Yeah. So our well, house yeah. either smells of coffee in the morning or a mixture of coffee and bone beef bone broth so yeah, i know which i prefer <laughs> yeah definitely the coffee yeah but the, the bean the, the, the bean <laughs> the beef. bean broth <laughs> that's what coffee is to be fair bean broth yeah yeah it's actually yeah <laughs> but the, the bone broth, broth is the uh the beef one anyway is quite quite dominant yeah it's quite potent. it over overpowers the coffee smell in the morning but you know it draws hamish down the it stairs is, it is what it is yeah anyhow but no, well done. Thank you. I should get you a little trophy. Yeah. Congratulations. Do you know what? I didn't actually get that. One of my tips, if you do want to give it up, is give it up at the weekend. Because what you can then do is, one of the reasons you often kind of seek something like coffee, we talked in the last podcast about you're looking for an escape, a reward, dopamine hit, whatever it might be, is you're in this situation that is uncomfortable, which can mm. often be that you're working really hard. That's an uncomfortable situation sometimes, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. And so it becomes really hard to not want that thing. Whereas at the weekend, me and you were just kind of basically actually going to the gym was quite hard on a peppermint tea, but I was like, just suck it up and go, you know. And also one of my big changes has been having fallen ill. I don't place any pressure on myself when I get to the gym. So it's just an absolute blessing to be there, which has made me train so differently. And I'm just like, okay, just do anything. So I almost, there's no point in having, you know, oh, I need some caffeine to get through this (laughs) because... I've got no agenda when I get there. So in the gym. Yeah. So it's a lot easier. But because at the weekend I had all these nice plans, it was so much easier to not have yeah. not need the caffeine. And I, I thought but, I'll just sleep if I need to, but I didn't actually get any withdrawal. So I don't think But um, you you've never been a huge coffee drinker, i.e., you know, you don't have like four or five coffees a day. You've no, never really been like that. And yeah. the reason being, I'm such a light sleeper. Yeah. So I just and know it's going to screw Whereas me. I am, yeah, yeah. you know, or, or maybe not so much now, 
but I do, even if I only have two or three coffees, I'd say three is more of a realistic number, but I have strong coffee. Yeah. Like, I don't mess about. So it's probably the equivalent of six or seven. Yeah. But um, so hence the reason why, like, whenever I've ditched coffee... You've really felt I'm, it. I'm useless, basically, yeah. for 48 hours. Yeah, totally. So if ever we've got quite a big workload, Kevish is like, you are not giving up coffee. <laughs> I think your mum, like, bottle-fed you Nescafe or something like that. Just like, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's the thing is, I, I never really got onto coffee until I started working in... Oh, true. In, in London before and, that and to I be was... fair I'd say like most people who do like personal training just get completely hooked on coffee don't you mm. because you're you're in there at six you're there at nine o'clock at night it just yeah. becomes like the only way to kind of obviously you've just got to have that you know you're coaching and you've got to be kind of Alert, uh, yeah, and all, yeah, and also just chirpy. Yeah, I was gonna say it's more like the personality side I've of it. Always got to be happy. You can't be there like dribbling. <laughs> so I think it, it. That's when I really got into into kind of like having coffee across the day and also because you don't sometimes get time to eat and one thing that I do see when I work with clients it's funny because sometimes clients will be on Skype and they're like hugging their cup of coffee to their chest going don't take this away from me and it's not the first thing (laughs) I'll give up anything else yeah and everything that I do you personalize it always and I'm like no I don't think coffee is the problem here you know mindset adaptations might be more powerful so people use it for kind of false energy and to kind of push through and, and sometimes as an escape. But people also use it to suppress appetite and and kind of to to get their bowels moving and mm. things like that. There are other reasons. And so you're kind of masking underlying yeah. issues there that need correcting as well. So I commonly see those as a, you know, okay, we need to think about why you're doing that. So you're not, yeah. caffeine definitely isn't serving you if that's why you're like, using it. Like you say, it's always individual, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and you know, we're not, we're not those people that are always like, you know, you need to take out this, 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 and this, no, like, no. cause that's just no fun at all. And, but yeah. that's what I was going to say. As a trainer, you use it a lot because you just don't get time to eat. And I used to say to you, please grab me a coffee quick. Please grab me a coffee. Yeah. Or, you know, and I'll be like, oh, and then I can have this with a client and it'll just see me through until I can get time to eat. Yeah. You get so hungry. You'll be like, oh, so yeah. That's fine. Plus, the gym we used to work at was a basement gym as well. So if you were ever quite busy, you, know, you didn't see any daylight. So you're kind of in like a artificial, artificially lit room yeah, for the yeah. best part of the day. And because you start so early, finish late, it's dark when you get there, it's dark when you leave. Even that makes you feel quite drowsy, quite yeah, tired. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there was something I wouldn't even want to know what my daily coffee intake was when I was PT. No, your vitamin D levels. I know, yeah, shocking, <laughs> shocking. But I, my coffee consumption is somewhat under control now. What's interesting is you're you're gradually, because I've had no choice in the last couple of months to kind of eat really well and just get back to a good place with in terms of my digestive health, is you're kind of slowly changing. I don't know if it's because it's not as much fun having like 100 pieces of sushi on your own. <laughs> so, no. Why she? Yeah, that sounds like really good fun to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but we haven't eaten out as much, have we? And we haven't, like, obviously I've not drunk any alcohol, but mm. you've drunk less alcohol because I've not been having any. Yeah. But we found, and because I'm cooking more, we're, like both of us are cooking more. So we've just basically, I think you're slowly kind of... Not, also as well, like I'm, adapting, I'm, on a, I'm on a bit of an economy drive at the minute. Oh, you are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah you know, I'm trying to watch my pennies yeah. in terms of, you know... So now when I go, I've got a wicked coffee flask, which you got me, which keeps the coffee hot for ages. So I can make one coffee last me a long, long time. And because it's a reusable, if I go to Pret, a black filter only costs 49p. This is budget, Matt. Bargain. Yeah, I'm budgeting. Because I read a post by, you know, one, uh, one of the guys on the, so the US, you know, the, you know, Dragon's Den. Yeah. Well, in the US, I think their version or a similar show is called Shark Tank. Right. And one of the guys on there was saying coffee's like a terrible investment. He's like, why would I spend like $3 on a coffee yeah. that could cost me like 20 cents if I made it at home yeah, yeah. type thing? And he's like, put that money towards something that's going to build, invest in something, invest in like a fund, like, you know, a fund or whatever, uh, invest in yourself, like put it in a savings pot. And just it planted this seed and I started totting it up thinking, you know, well, actually if I buy if I buy two or three coffees out, let's call that six, seven quid yeah. a day. You know, you add that up across a week, a month, a year, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like, right, I'll only buy one coffee out. I have more at home, yeah. but I'll only buy one coffee out. So 
I feel like I'm saving money and those extra pennies I'm investing. Are you? Yeah. Oh. So in a present for me? Uh, no. <laughs> that would not be in an a investment. holiday for me. <laughs> that would be a liability. <laughs> you say coffee is like a bad financial. Uh, no, no, it's, it's no, not. But listen, what is worth is tea. So when you Tea's can, a joke. I know because when you can only drink. Now that I'm a tea drinker, you become a bit of a, a tea snob. Because mm-hmm. my, one of my favourite brands, I've got two favourite brands of tea, Clipper, which I love Clipper tea, and uh, Brew Tea. And they're such lovely teas that when you go out sometimes and then have a different type of tea and you've been charged £2.50 or whatever and it's rubbish tea, you're like, think of the cost of a tea bag and tap water. Oh, no. It's just oh. like, oh. But so I take all my tea bags everywhere and then I'm like, can I have a hot water, please? <laughs> like, right, screwed. Some, yeah. yeah, but some places charge you though, don't they? Some like places. In one... Uh, station cafe they refused me said we don't serve hot water because they know what you're doing right so whereas other places charge you like 50 i don't mind paying like 50p yeah. for some water i totally want to pay and i'd pay a pound maybe as yeah. well but this place like no but what i begrudge paying for is bad tea yeah so yeah. then you're just like well this is like dishwater so <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried dishwater <laughs> yeah, yeah no. <laughs> good how point. do you know yeah good point um but yeah. This wasn't an episode dedicated to... Tea and coffee and budgeting. Tea and coffee and budgeting. <laughs> no. We what were... <laughs> what were we going to talk about? about. What, what were we going to talk about? This is actually something that has come back on my radar, I would say, over the last couple of months, both from a kind of client perspective and from my own health perspective. And it is basically looking at i'd say kind of like your your physical body but in in the sense of things like your muscles your joints your tendons and your soft tissues yeah because what i'm seeing increasingly in um clinics is lots of different cases where it actually is things like posture and maybe overuse of a joint or underuse of the entire body so yeah. being sedentary <laughs> that is having is a is a big factor in somebody's symptoms and their kind of movement towards kind of like chronic disease, chronic pain, those types of things. And again, it's something that I feel, gosh, if we were just taught this at school, like if you really did understand how your body works and what it needs, because I think what most people forget is that your joints, we see, again, because we're kind of background as a fitness industry, lots of people contact us about injury. And the question is Mm. always, what can I eat for injury? And people expect us to come back with, oh, you know, you could have some ginger, you could have some you know, a bit more protein to help you heal, maybe like collagen-based protein, so skin and bones and organ meats and things like that. And they are going to be helpful. But you've also got to consider that all nutrients have to get to the area that you're trying to support. And the way that that is done is there's kind of several routes. Obviously, you've got blood flow, but you also have this thing called the lymphatic system, Mm. which sits just beneath the skin and via fluid delivers nutrients to all the areas of the body, but then also takes away all the waste products. But in all areas of our body, we've also got lots of different types of cells. And these cells are constantly repairing all the structures of your joints or repairing your bone even. So there are osteoblasts and osteoclasts. And the osteoblasts are building your bone and osteoclasts are breaking down your bone. And all of these, like bone is a a live tissue that's constantly remodeling, but all of your kind of soft tissue or connective tissue is always remodeling itself based on whether it's got the right nutrition Um, age changes it and then the kind of I'd say external forces and that could be anything from the exercise you're doing to how you're standing across the day so whatever external forces are applied to the soft tissue it remodels itself and it responds and I think what a lot of people don't realize is I've seen cases where it could be in fact a friend of mine was just telling us the other day he had a, a thyroid problem that came after he And he'd been to see several specialists about why was his thyroid just really suddenly went out of range. Mm. And then he said, could this be linked to the fact that I fell off my bike six weeks ago and I hit my shoulder and neck? Would that affect my thyroid? And none of these specialists agreed. And then he went and had some manual work done on his neck and some adjustments and his thyroid came back in range. And I think I'm seeing more and more of this. And it's something that even in, in my own situation, I've always known I've got kind of like, I'm slightly hypermobile, which could affect your gut because it could mean that you can get kind of maybe kind of twists and things like that that might affect if you're hypermobile in your joints, you're hypermobile in a lot of different tissues. 
posture wise I kind of look at my mum and my grandma and they're very kind of kyphotic they're very rounded that means you, you know you're kind of almost like a hunchback hunched over and so very rounded in their kind of upper thoracic spine rounded in the shoulders and for, you often correct me on my posture don't you and you prod me and you go stand up straight you look like Mr Burns <laughs> so and when I fell ill my posture really changed didn't it so then I was kind of really scared I was like what's going on with me I don't understand and I was literally walking around like at this little kind of ball all rounded and like yeah. hunched and very closed. yeah very closed and I'd go and see different I went to see a couple of herbalists and but all of them were like you look so you know vulnerable but yeah. look at your body language and in doing so what I was doing was also locking down the muscles of my gut because I was hunched over yeah. and I wasn't breathing and I was breathing from my chest and well, so it's almost like what someone does like like when they're in pain, yeah, of course, you know, they're almost like, yeah, like protect themselves, like, or, you know, like yeah. if you've got a stomach ache or something. And then one of the worst things that we all then go and do is most of the exercise choices that we make, which might be like cycling or rowing or running, we're rounded, rounded again. Well, even weightlifting, like, you know, a Press lot ups. of people tend to favour yeah. pushing movements, yeah, you know, yeah. especially, you know, guys looking to bulk up, sort of about the chest and the yeah, shoulders yeah. And, yeah. and it's all, you know, and do le- much less pulling work. Yeah. Or overhead work so that you've got your chest kind of open yeah and i think it's it's really helpful to like stand in front of a mirror and have a look at your posture and i think i've got the kind of i've got a slightly kind of it's you know kind of kyphotic upper spine so that's rounding forward my neck juts forward if you look and mm. um, when i've been assessed by osteopaths they're always like your neck's jutting out which again is a result of kind of like looking at screens and things like that mm. like a lot of death work and then i kind of i've got flat feet so that's really affected my kind of hips as well but also you can get a bit kind of lordotic where you kind of your stomach stags out and that's nothing to do with being overweight that's more of a postural thing oh, you, yeah. you've got more of a lordotic because you've got such a curve in your lower back that you can yeah. be quite lordotic sometimes and that's why you do a lot of things like leg raises don't you to try to correct that yeah yeah so it's yeah. like lower abs and yeah. a lot of oblique work as well and kind of but i think one so what i wanted to kind of highlight today is that the and, and this is why i love kind of I just love traditional medicine, alternative medicine, because they have known this for years. This is where the disciplines like acupuncture and, and massage come from. And especially Twinoa, which is like a, you know, kind of acupressure massage, which is where they start to palpate areas of soft tissue. Mm. And what they're doing is, is you know, getting rid of things like knots and, and trigger points and tight areas. But when they do that, often we kind of think about it's just muscle that we're releasing, but it's not. You're actually releasing this kind of, this, this soft tissue, this connective tissue, which is underneath the skin. And if you're really gentle and doing things like even like skin brushing and stroking, then you can stimulate the lymphatic system yeah. and start to get kind of, you know, nutrition and oxygen delivered to different areas of the body. Because one of the problems at the moment is because we're limiting our, our types of movement that we do quite a lot. We're getting sedentary areas of our body where the muscles aren't stimulated, the tissues aren't getting all the oxygen nutrients that they need, and they're not able to detoxify and then also you've got things like hormones which drive a lot of these processes and again if you're if you're stressed and you've got high blood sugars high insulin we might start to see kind of proliferation of certain tissues which could actually start to lead to almost like fibrosis of certain joints mm. and even organs that's what happens you know in the liver so this is where we'll start to overproduce some of these soft tissues yet if this goes on for a long period of time, something like stress, for example, and overtraining, we then actually degrade all of the, the tissues around a joint. So and not just kind of here talking about like bones and tendons, ligaments, but this the soft tissues are very much part of our kind of immune response. Yeah. And so if we're in a state of stress, we regulate stress hormones, our immune system kicks into action, we release histamine and histamine is located in this tissue as well. And we'll start to actually degrade our own joints. And this is when you'll start to see kind of itis so you'll get told that you've got an itis of a, of a joint usually you know it can be tendonitis and it could be bursitis so yeah. some area of the joint is now becoming chronically inflamed yeah. and, and overuse will drive that but you know stress can drive that mm-hmm. and also just not enough well, nutrition know, like, delivered to the cell a lot of people uh who've you know got some kind of joint pain tendon pain whatever will often say like when they're on holiday the the pain eases or even goes away completely. Yeah. Then they come back and in a matter of like a day or two, the pain symptoms start coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, once they're maybe back in that stressful environment at work or whatever it may be. Well, it's interesting because 
in Chinese medicine, they say, they call all of this, um, and that's what they often treat in things like acupuncture. And I, are you, I'm not a kind of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, but yeah. I've heard them say the organ that is everywhere but has no form. And this is, they kind of are referring to things like this connective tissue, which is all over the body. And if you think about it, connective tissue can be, it's fat, for example, mm. there's fat everywhere. It can be lots of different, you've got fascia, which is kind of, again, these soft tissues underneath the skin. And there are elements of our nutrition and lifestyle which really influence let's call it the network of tissue and things like hydration for example are, are so important for it because what you mm. might not realize as well is as well as having you've got cells located all over the body and their job is i've mentioned to rebuild the bone or remodel the joint you know it might be chondrocytes you know which will repair cartilage if you break it down so now you're seeing more and more people go oh i've got no cartilage in my bone and sometimes not they've done no exercise whatsoever so mm. that's not an overuse injury this is an inflammatory yeah, situation yeah. or a nutrient quite, deficiency quite or the opposite. yeah and and so the joints have been degraded in that sense because the, the cells can't can't do their job. But hydration is really important. And what these cells will do if they have enough nutrition and they're stimulated in the right way and not dominated by inflammation is they will start to synthesize fluids and things like that to, to, to repair. And, you know, you've got like fluids all around your joints that help. Mm -hmm. These are made up of these compounds of kind of proteins and carbohydrates called glycosaminoglycans. And a lot of people take supplements like glucosamine you heard of that and chondritin yeah. and what they think these supplements actually do is although it is the building blocks of these kind of compounds around the joints they actually think they more a bit like probiotics stimulate your natural production and stop you degrading your joints that mm -hmm. inhibit the enzymes that are degrading these compounds so they don't actually end up exactly where we we think they do but they seem to have some kind of positive effect yeah. on, on the on the kind of biochemical processes but what i kind of wanted people to do listening you know, is to really start to think a little bit more about sometimes the symptoms that you might be getting. And this can be anything from a headache, for example. I've seen like neck adjustments make huge difference to, you know, kind of, you know, migraines, headaches, that type of thing. Like actually having some work done on your, your shoulders and your traps because... I mean, they also say that trauma, we feel trauma in our fascia, like in, in this soft tissue underneath yeah. the skin. You'll have a certain area that you know tends to, to it will go tense when you're stressed. And mm. so when I was a trainer, I always used to notice it was usually the traps, neck and shoulders of a lot of people. I'm sure you saw the thing, yeah. the same thing. So you'd ask someone to do a movement and sometimes they'd like literally lift their shoulders up to touch their ears and then do the movement. Yeah. Because it's almost anticipating the, okay, this is going to be hard. So they would like, <laughs> get ready. Like another area was the stomach. So, and this is definitely where I feel if I'm stressed, I just start clenching my stomach and just don't breathe. Well, I know when like... No one does it like breathe properly when, when they're I used to go for like sports massage and stuff. You know, like, you know, they're, they're massaging you. And as we know, like some parts of the body, a bit more tension, yeah. a, bit more, a little bit more tender, yeah, a little yeah. bit more painful. And, but you're a bit like, okay, you know, I don't want to be a wuss yeah. <laughs> and tell them to ease off. Yeah. But sometimes they'll go and they'll go, oh, just relax for me. And you'll be like, no, no, I am. And they're like, no, no, you're not. And then sometimes they'll just tap me on the shoulders yeah. like that as if to say I can see you tensing yeah, and I'm yeah. like oh gosh I am yeah. it's almost like I didn't even realise I, I thought I was completely relaxed yeah. but I wasn't and then I had to almost consciously go oh just 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 relax your muscles yeah yeah actually doing a a body scan across the day is really good like oh, a body scan and right. you literally just go where do I feel tension and without even realising it you might be bunching your shoulders or holding your stomach in and, mm. and that's a, a kind of stress response again another reason to give up the caffeine is like it, that might be keeping your nervous system a little bit like oh yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things i've just done religiously again since the summer is really start to think about you know focusing on your vagus nerve which runs from the brain down to the gut which starts to put you in that more kind of relaxed rest and digest state so you can do it really easily with things like deep belly breathing. So placing a hand on your lower belly and, you know, deep breath in through the nose and really start to just inflate the belly and then deflate the belly. Mm. Just feel it rise and fall. So by breathing right, right deep down into the kind of deep core muscles, you're activating vagus nerve and then you can do different styles of breathing there's kind of alternate nostril breathing and for me just or some people call it diaphragmatic breathing as well when you really start yeah. to work on inflating that belly and feel your waist expand because you're also not only you then kind of reconnecting so you're getting that nervous system connection established again it's just oxygen delivery down there and, and tissues need oxygen to be healthy and what we're not doing is kind of 
making sure that we're breathing and delivering, you know, all the essential nutrients, oxygen being one of them around the body, but also things like skin brushing, which I brought you a skin brush, didn't I? Yeah. As well, um, skin brushing as in just for a bit of lymphatic stimulation yeah. um, early in the morning, again, just to help in terms of supporting immune function. It's just going to be helpful. And when you skin brush, it's very, very gentle. You're just literally stroking the surface of the skin. Anything like walking, some people do rebounding, like as in trampolining and stuff like that, just kind of light jumping on your heels. But that is all getting, if you think about it, it's just like almost like a, what are those um, things in gyms that used to, vibrating plates? Oh, the, uh, the power plate. Yeah, things. I mean, yeah. That, if you just stood on that, you'd actually stimulate kind of lymphatic. Can you just put your washing machine on spin? Yeah, yeah on sit on that. Yeah, you could do that as well. That would be fine. <laughs> But it, it's so important to think about almost like that, that whole body movement. And what you'll suddenly find is because you are connected, you can have an issue with your, your left ankle, for example. And if you start to do some soft tissue release with a, with a tennis ball, but maybe even gentle massage or some acupuncture on it. And then suddenly what you'll find is it might be, you know, that pain in your shoulder starts to get better. Mm. Because if you're not standing, if there's any kind of problem with how you stand and walk, that will soon travel up to the knees. It will often start to affect the position of the hips. That will affect the rib cage. Next thing you know, the shoulders. And then this is why you will suddenly end up with, you know, a shoulder injury. And yes, overuse will drive it. It'll just mean it happens quicker. Mm. But we've often kind of stepped back and said, just looking at a client, you can see shoulders are rounded forward. This is yeah. a rotator cuff injury waiting to happen or, you know, impingement or something. But one's higher than the other, left and right's not in balance. Yeah. That means the rib cage might not be in the right place. And the thing is, though, is like, you know, and I always say this to people, you know, no one's perfectly symmetrical. No, no, not at all. You know, but it is about, you know, trying to reduce tension or reduce overuse because yeah. your body will always naturally favour the stronger muscles. Yeah, definitely. So because your body always does what's easiest for it. So it's just a case of identifying that as soon as possible and balancing it out a little bit so that the you know to reduce your risk of injury because yeah no one wants that or causing you problems further down the line yeah and actually on that note if you start to look at your posture one thing that you'll identify is obviously if you've kind of if you're rounded forward you've been doing a lot of desk work and doing a lot of pressing what's starting to ha what happens with the kind of the soft tissue is it eventually starts to become more dense so if you think about um if your shoulders around your back are kind of always extended as in you're, you're rounding forward they become almost fully extended all the time so think about your got name usually the traps and scapula become you know kind of they're fully extended whereas your pec muscles are becoming short and tight mm. and then the fascia starts to become almost like a, i always think of it as almost like panicking and so it starts to almost toughen and harden yeah. in that position to hold you before it goes too far and you lose function. But, but in a, in an ex, a kind of, they call it locked long, which would be around the, the top of the back. That's now weak. But then the traps, which are too tight are also mm. weak. And think about they're not getting the, we're not be able, we won't be able to deliver nutrition to them and remodel them like we need to. And so I think fluidity is such a big part of, or it should be a part of everyone's movement routine. Mm. And by fluidity, I mean, doing your mobility, doing some form of, it could be yoga, it could be primal moves, it could be play, it could be anything that's almost the opposite of what you like doing exercise wise. So yeah. if you're a cyclist or you love your pressing, as you always say, you've got to be doing some kind of rowing and maybe some hanging to yeah. actually kind of counter the effects of that training. Well, this was almost like your, like a critique you'd have of yoga. Yeah. It's because it's, you're using your body weight, yeah. but because of the nature of yoga being on a floor, you know, there's no pulling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so there's very little posterior chain work, really. Yeah. I'm not digging yoga. No, it, it's funny you say that because I mentioned this in a lecture once and a yoga teacher got a little bit offended and I, I, I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> I'm a yoga teacher and I have seen so many, including myself, when I was training, I got um, uh, impingement. Yeah, I woke up one day and it was after we, we moved house and then suddenly couldn't lift my shoulder over my head. But that was after doing a, a month of chaturangas and stuff. And not even... <laughs> Chaturangaitis. 
totally. It's got to be a thing, surely. You, <laughs> but got, then I, you got tennis elbow. I met a yoga teacher the other day. She was doing 20 classes a week and she has impingement, can't lift her arm above her head. And it's mm. there is a there is chest opening and there is, you know, the, they'll clasp the hands behind the back in some of the postures and open yeah, up. Yeah. But it's not the same as using some kind of resistance, like a resistance band and doing some proper rowing and really working yeah. into, it is that usually kind of, you get a weakened... But again, this is where like balance comes into it, right? Because yeah. you know we're huge fans of having a a nice element of variety, somewhat within your training. You know, and a little bit of yoga, a bit of weightlifting, yeah, a bit of sprinting. You know, like I'm not saying you have to do all of those things, but it's good to find that that element of balance in but terms of. But people only find it. Would you agree with this when they get injured? That's when, and we, we were the same for a yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah, 100%, we, we would go to these workshops on fascia release and corrective exercise and balance. Boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a bell and I'll snatch it a hundred times any day over there. Imagine, this. like oh, you know, chest and arms day mm-hmm. becomes. <laughs> fascia release day <laughs> but it should be yeah i know that's the thing but it's just not very exciting no, is not. it, it but that, it... that's why now like we do try our best to work on creating like mobility routines yeah. and some stretching routines that either a just quite quick you know quick but effective or b done in a way that you can actually incorporate them into your workouts which is a big thing that we try and do now like yeah you know we might do like a little triple set that's got a pretty challenging you know, resistance-based exercise in yeah. with, you know, for the lower body, then something else for the upper body. But then in between, we've got like a little mobility yeah. movement that's a little yeah, bit yeah. more, you know, a little bit gentler, just kind of open things up a little bit so that you can actually make it part of your workout so yeah. it doesn't feel quite as dull or, yeah, yeah. or boring. I did. I, I think it's really important. I'll sometimes do everything from I might do a set of press-ups and then rather than just kind of get up from your press-ups I'll actually go into a downward dog and then kind of like walk my feet to my hands so it's a hamstring stretch yeah, at the yeah. same time so and I'll spend my rest periods doing just you know like a little bit of shoulder rotations internal external rotation because you see hmm. people just sat on their phones in the gym and I'm like yeah, yeah. use your rest period to flow and like move and and and, and actually even walking the dog in the morning I mean it's like not many people around luckily but I've now started doing kind of like um, arm rotations and again kind of yeah. internal external rotation of like everything like shoulders and then I'll twist my wrists and elbows and things so as I'm walking along to kind of warm up in the morning you can do all these things whilst the kettle boils you can movement just does wonders for you like yeah. when I because I'm obviously you know I get up at about four o'clock during the week you know whilst I'm waiting for my coffee to cool down a little bit you know, I'll do a little bit of mobility. You know, I'll do a few squats. Nothing crazy. Yeah. It's just almost like say to my body and my joints, like, you're awake now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's time to move. It's time to be energised. And it, it honestly, it, it, it transforms me. Yeah. I don't probably do about 30 to 60 seconds total. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's enough to almost say to my body, right, you know, you're awake, you're up, you're going about your day now. Yeah. And just get the body moving. And based on what you just said about, you know, when you do a set of push-ups and whatnot, like if I'm ever doing a day where, say, I'm focusing on like um, uh, like some heavy bench presses, you know, some very low rep, heavy weight, multiple sets, in between I might do some, you know, sit in a squat position, yeah. working yeah, to yeah. like getting in the groin a little bit more or pushing the knees over the ankles a little bit more, you know, getting yeah. that ankle flexion because I know it's not going to interfere with my my upper body. No. So but, still resting but yeah, because yeah. of the because of it being strength based i'm resting longer than i normally would yeah so it, it gives me a great opportunity to really just work into my lower body ankles knees hips groin etc which is only going to benefit me right i was going to say the, the other thing people don't <clears throat> associate the this kind of i'd say this body work with so because once you've got that kind of locked long or locked short and we often see this in things like quads and hamstrings don't mm. we as well where it's kind of like weak glutes and hamstrings and, and overactive quads is another kind of yeah. common imbalance is that when you are doing your squats and lunges, you're just working your tight muscles even harder and your weak muscles probably aren't even engaging anything mm. like they should. Whereas if you start to do this kind of, you know, people call it myofascial release or whatever it might be, and then a bit of movement and flow, then you're going to start to work on those weaker muscles. And another thing I always do is put like a, a sometimes design a triple set where it will be two exercises I know, like a, my program now is kind of a bit more about building up my weaknesses and things like that and, but I might put my third exercise as a corrective exercise. So it might be just something like um, single leg body weight squats, but gentle just to kind of strengthen glutes, hamstrings, yeah. that type of thing. So nothing kind of too 
onerous because the first two exercises might have been pretty full on so i mm. feel like i've done a, i've kind of worked hard and now i'm going to do something corrective as my third exercise and that's how i'll put together three triple sets knowing that i'm almost like doing it's like doing your physio or something as, as part of your session yeah. but if i don't do those exercises then i'm never gonna start to make the progress that you want to see with strength training or you yeah, want to yeah. see with running or cycling like you're just always gonna i'd say be kind of like suboptimal because you're not thinking about outside the box which is okay you know i've got these tight muscles they're yeah. getting weaker i've got these underactive muscles i need to make sure that they kick in and help me become a better mover and and ultimately think about the longevity because the longer it goes on the more you're just becoming so prone to injury and possibly an injury that's going to take you out for a long period of time and you may never be able to do that movement again if you're if you don't listen to that to your body well that's and you know going back to what you said that a lot of people tend to only make change once they've got injured or yeah, yeah. you know or, you know in pain of, of some sort and i get it you know because sometimes you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and if you're not in pain you might be like i'm fine everything's going great yeah but unbeknown to you you're probably making something you know it's, it's going to be accumulating in the background until eventually bang it kind of makes you very much aware of it and you're like ah, oh, damn it and you've got to just you know do whatever's required to to repair yourself, so to speak. And and I suppose that's why we do stress it so much now. And as, yeah, we get it, stretching, mobility and all of that, it's not as fun as actual training and lifting heavy weights or running, doing whatever it is you enjoy doing. But you need to prioritise it in some shape or form. You don't need to invest hours and hours doing it. You can incorporate it in your day-to-day, which is what we've managed to do. Yeah. And, you know, you're very flexible. Like you, always has been, you always have been quite mobile, haven't you? haven't you? Me, definitely not so much. Like, I've had to really work at it. Yeah. Like, I put on Facebook or on social media the other day about me doing an overhead squat with 40 kilos, Like which for me, don't get me wrong, I know there's people out there overhead squatting much much more than that it's not a pr in that sense it was a pr for me from a movement perspective because i've always neglected the overhead squat because well quite simply because i wasn't very good at it i couldn't do it and you know my ego was a bit like well can't do that don't want to do that (laughs) you know and and part of me was like i just do normal squats because i can do them i do regular back squats but the catalyst for me was actually that i'm going on a course at the end of the month and a big chunk of it is olympic lifting and I've always had a fear of the snatch, the barbell snatch, because A, I've had a couple of shoulder dislocations in my lifetime mm. and I'm just a bit like, oh, you know, yeah. it's like it almost hurts my shoulders just watching people do it. So there's definitely that fear factor there. And like I've said, there's always been that, well, I can't actually do an overhead squat. So how the hell am I going to snatch a bar overhead? Snatch a bar overhead. Hold it there. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, I best try and uh, sort that out before I go on this course because I actually want to get as much out of it as possible. And and there's always been that little thing in the back of my mind is, you know, I've got no plans to enter the CrossFit Games or become a, an Olympic lifter as such. Well, I might do, who knows? But part of me was like, I, I've always wanted to, I really do admire the technical aspect of it. And when yeah. you actually watch someone do it well, it's almost like an art form. It's yeah. like, wow, it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. But a few weeks back, went to do the overhead squats with, uh, with just an empty Olympic bar, so 20 kilos. And I, I could do that because even though my mobility wasn't there, I could adjust my body enough to deal with the load. Yeah. But as soon as I went above that, I put two and a halves. Well, at first I put fives on either side because I thought, ah, 20, 30, should be fine. I did it, I couldn't do it. Not because of strength, because obviously I know I can squat a lot more than that. I know I can put that weight over, much more than that overhead. Yeah. But I didn't have the range to do the movement. To do the movement. And I was like, right, don't get stressed about this. Don't don't let your ego take over. Work on your ankle mobility a bit more, your knees, your hips, but also kind of like shoulder, even the lats, because a lot of people neglect that. They think of getting the arm overhead is all about just opening up the chest. It's not. Sometimes like really tight lats can prevent you yeah, yeah. Get, getting that reach, getting that range. So I just really started working on all of it, just paying a little bit more attention to ankles, knees, hips, a lot more hanging work, trying to open up the lats a lot more. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, did a set of 10 with the, with the empty bars. I was like, that felt good. 25, that felt good. 30 total, that felt good. I was like, wow. This is amazing. I got to got to the forty, and to be fair, I could. I, I know I could go heavier, 
But I was like, don't push it. Just focus on keeping it slow. You know, so it was a PB in its own right because it was like I dedicated the time to what was stopping me doing this, which wasn't strength. It was mobility. Yeah. And of course, you always, you need to have strength. You know, if you're increasing range of movement at a joint and a muscle, it's important you have the strength throughout the entire range. Um, So I'm not saying that it isn't a strength PR because it kind of is in that sense. But it was, it was, it was a proud moment. And I just felt, I felt very good for it. And as a result, I don't want to lose it. So you're going to keep going with it. So I'm going to keep going with, you know, with this. With all the supportive stuff that you're doing. Yeah, well, the extra mobility. And, And I suppose I'm just pointing it out because... For me, my biggest breakthroughs in my training over the last, I'd probably say, I'd probably say the last few years, but probably more notably the last 12 months of the last year where I've really prioritised mobility work, haven't I? Mm. You know, I do a hell of a lot more of it. I do it in some shape or form every single day, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever. And I just feel so much better for it. You know, my movement feels better. Like for me to sit in a deep squat now, I can just do. Yeah. Whereas before for me to do that, I'd have to warm up, stretch. Yeah, yeah. And then go Release, you know, and then, then I'd be like, oh, now I can sit in a full squat. Whereas now I could just drop down into a full squat and just sit there for a while. No but problem. Just on that note, I think one of the biggest problems at the moment with people kind of getting in touch with questions about training and, and training goals is also there's always so much of a rush and... I think we approach, you know, exercise training with, with, you know, set goals and, and then there's this race to get there. And really, if you think about it, there shouldn't be a race because you've got the rest of your life to master the overhead squats. You've got plenty of time to do all this supportive stuff, to build in the mobility, flexibility elements, to improve your movement patterns, to sit with a tennis ball at night and, you know, kind of release some of your, your fascia and things like that. Don't make, don't say that people get complacent. (laughs) What do you mean? If you tell them they've got ages, <laughs> well, yeah, some people need the de- maybe, maybe you need the deadline. Live every day like it should last. But <laughs> people co- contact us and, and they, they jump too quickly to the the sexy stuff, that to the snatches, to the big lifts, to the or jump straight back in after injury, and it was a race, or they, they enter into a race. So it could be like forget weightlifting for now. It could be you know triathlons, Ironman. We're, we're kind of constantly on this this where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? And not thinking about wouldn't it be amazing between now and the grave you mastered a pistol squat you have that much time and Mm. i'm not saying you should take that much time but i think again what what i've really started to do now is just go this is just like mastering movement for life now so just take your time with it there's no rush you have got time to do all of these things that that mean that you stand better that you walk better that you've got stronger glutes stronger stronger knees you know you are reducing your risk of injury and i'm the opposite to you so yeah i you said i'm flexible but i i'm hypermobile so if anything i injure worse than you often since we've been yeah. together it's me that's but, had- but that kind of ties in with what i said about having strength through the entire range yeah yeah, yeah definitely because you know big problem with being hypermobile is yes you've got the mobility yes you've got the range yeah but you don't necessarily have that that strength throughout to control it to control it and have the the stability required for, yeah. for certain movements and then you can run into some problems but i was gonna say my injuries have taken way longer than than yours to heal yeah. so as well and that is either through because overuse or maybe i'm kind of more I, like apparently according to my gene test i'm more prone to inflammation i can't control it very well but what i would say is again i've stopped and reflected and thought what the heck was i doing like i was mm. just training 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 no kind of real purpose progression but what was the race like what, what was i thinking mm. in, in all of that and we're actually now we're just like you you're investing, humans, yeah and that like you're investing time in mobility i'm the other way around and much more stability yeah so that i get that control through the range of movement so doing the slow training which i didn't have the patience to do no. before i was like no no no. and you'd, you'd even say like do some press-ups and i'd drop down and i'd do them and you'd be like your last three were like you know yeah. you, you lost the range of motion and it's like yeah because i wanted to get to 15 or 20 which is stupid yeah. why, why not do 10 amazing push-ups and yeah. leave it at that and that's kind of where i've gone back to now is is really master the movement from start to finish at such a slow pace that i can feel it all every mm. bit of it working all my small ligaments tendons and then like you kind of combine it with some flow and some movement and and something to kind of you know get the heart rate up which is for me at the moment it's just walking and and get all those different elements of movement so that I haven't got areas of my body that are ending up kind of being unhealthy essentially and, uh, and you think, see the changes by the way in the DNA of those areas you see 
if you don't work an area of your body and if you think about a lot of people it might be because it's tight or immobile or because you just never do yeah. you know i've got clients uh, who are a little bit older who are losing the use of their hands because they just never use their bodies don't do anything they don't move their, their head their neck their you know their peripheries very, enough. very sedentary yeah. feet same thing use again it or lose it, as they say. and it's you know, when you start to put in place, this is where things like Tai Chi and Qigong came from as a, a kind of tradition of movement. Or yeah. if you think about it, in our grandparents would have been doing kind of walking, but also there was no labour-saving devices. Well, so do, they do, were cleaning do you when, and, and... When we used to uh, walk along the river, when we were... Whenever we'd... Uh, if we were like staying at my mum's in London and we'd go for a walk and go into Greenwich and go down by the river. And as you're going along, there was this stretch when they would always see like two or three... Have these like elderly like Chinese men and women doing like Tai Chi? Yeah, always. And early, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. talking like before six a.m. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, always oh, by man. the water. It's nice that they go by the water. Enough respect. Yeah, but, but you it, just don't see. I mean, you, you you know, we have like kind of aerobics and things like that. But I think, but it, but you know, for, for it's because we're more sedentary now. This has to be a part of your day. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Because the thing is, I mean, we just did a we did a corporate talk yesterday where we spoke about the difference between exercise and daily movement yeah because we know a lot of people who have have a very active exercise routine you know yeah. be it gym classes running cycling whatever you know and they commit to four or five very intense like 60 minute sessions per week but outside of that very very sedentary yeah just so not very so active from an exercise perspective but you're looking at for five hours per week yeah yeah. you know when you look at the bigger picture that's a very very small chunk yeah what about the rest of the time when you know they're sat on a train commuting they're sat behind a desk when they're at work you know they get home from work they sit on a sofa and i'm not saying that you shouldn't go home and chill kick put your feet up you've been working all day but just get some kind of movement in there yeah, because yeah. it's only going to make you feel better. It's going to make you move better. It's going to aid recovery. I could go on. But also but, be conscious of like what you're doing most of the time in terms of, so I'd say like your posture is a big one, your posture at your desk, your posture when you drive. But if you carry bags, so again, a lot of the time I see clients where like everything is like down one side of the body and then I'll be like, well, where do you carry, hmm. you know, what do you do in the day? And they're like, oh, I carry a heavy bag, this, you know, or, um, you know, so there's do, elements do, do of you know lifestyle. I, I consciously try to carry, if ever I'm carrying like one thing, I consciously try and carry it in my left hand. Because it's... Well, because I'm right-handed. Right, so day to day, my right side is always going to be... More active. You know, used more. Yeah, yeah. So I try to balance it out by always carrying... Or, or sometimes if I remember, I'll do stuff with, like, you know, if I'm making, like, a, a coffee or a tea, you know, I'll, I'll make it with my left hand. That's actually really good to do from a kind of, I would say, like, a neuromuscular... Because the other thing is, if, again, if you don't use it from a kind of technical or, or new movement perspective, then, again, you, you lose that connection yeah. between brain and, and muscles from neuromuscular control. And anything with your eyes closed. I, I went to a yoga class today where they made us do chaturanga with your eyes closed. And, oh, really? go, and I've never done the full chaturanga with my eyes closed, but then she went made a step into a lunge and then onto one leg, which I couldn't do because my brain was just going you know, crazy, you know, like it step onto one leg yeah. completely with your eyes closed. It was really interesting. But it's the first time I've, I've been asked to do that. But that, again, you've removed the sensors, so mm. you improve that neuromuscular. It was, I was really impressed with it. But it did make me laugh because at the end of the class, she kind of made us all sing a little bit what? about loving ourselves. And it, it made me laugh because I just thought of if I'd taken you to that class, that would have oh been hilarious. God. And it was a bit at the end, like, instead of omming and things like that, it was a bit like, I love myself at the very end. It was a bit out there. That's hilarious. Did I you, did no, did you all like get into like a harmony? I didn't sing that bit. <laughs> I just smiled and thought, I wish Matt had come to this class. I love was myself. It, was it a cappella? Yeah. Or did you have some music? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. She was kind of in a world of her own. That's I don't hilarious. know if she was just talking to herself. But See, anyway, she's very just, passionate about self-love, clearly. I would, I would have just politely refused. <laughs> <laughs> you would have just laughed with me. So I think we should summarise some key things that people can do very quickly. Well, I just want to say real quick that when it comes to training, exercise, having a performance goal... I think it's absolutely incredibly important to have a goal, have something to aim for. And you, you definitely should push yourself and step out of your comfort zone. But I think you need to gain a little bit of perspective on it. Like Kerry said earlier, you know, we're, we are very impatient, you know, and we've been there and we are still impatient. Now we do just manage things a little bit better. 
and we value being pain-free and we are much more focused on the longevity aspect of what we do now much more so than, than than we used to be and i think you need to just remind yourself that when you're training when you're exercising you're, you're doing it for you you know you're, you're doing it because it makes you feel better it helps you look a certain way you know if you've got an aesthetic goal and it's something that we we shouldn't try to push to the limits all the time especially if you are doing it purely for leisure maybe it's a bit of a different story if it's your career and you're making an income from it then yeah things are always going to be a little bit different but this is something you just do for you as part of your you know your chosen leisure activity so why the hurry why the rush why do you need to go 110 percent all the time step back a little bit focus much more on good quality movement restoration Think long term, think of that longevity and and just know that it's okay to ease off the gas a little bit from time to time. And if anything, you'll probably get better results because you'll recover more, you'll perform better. So from a performance perspective, it's much more satisfying in that sense, because that's where we are at right now. You know, I I train because I love to train. and Yes, I love to push myself, but for me i've had so many injuries over the years that i can't even begin to tell you how much i value pain free training yeah. when i do a set of squats and i'm like that felt amazing you know if i do a bench heavy bench and i hit a pb and i'm like oh that was amazing there's no shoulder pain there's nothing that means more to me than lifting a weight that i've never lifted before but coming away and going oh bloody hell yeah yeah Oh, my, my shoulder feels a bit yeah, yeah. a bit iffy or all my black my, my back's flaring or, or whatever it may yeah, be yeah. and and sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that you know whereas now i've learned my lessons i've made the mistakes but i've learned from them so now i can go as tempting as it is to do another set and go a bit heavier because that felt that last set felt so good i'm yeah, going to take that last way. set and be like right but cool. also just to add on that you've got to be in a place where you're not using exercise as a a fat loss tool so that you push yourself harder because you're like well I ate too much so mm. I'm, I'm pushing myself harder to lose weight and you can't and, and same thing for you can't be using exercise as kind of too much of a stress relief I'm not saying that the exercise has a role for both of those things yeah. of course it helps you expend energy and lose weight of course it helps you you know it gives you helps you cope better with situations but if that's got out of control and, and we've both been there, then you can't put the brakes on and you don't have headspace for your mobility yeah. and your corrective exercises and you don't have the patience for any of it and you'll push through pain because you want a sense of achievement because what you need at those times is kind of like dopamine, you know, you want to you want to drive. <laughs> and so you're not going <laughs> to listen to your body. You're just going to go. You, you, your motivation you, you, you know, I'm laughing. Why? Because, you know, when we, we first kind of met and um, I think it was my first trip because... You may or may not know, because we mentioned it before, Keris' mum and dad have also got, they've got a place in Portugal. That's where we always stay when we go over to Portugal. Hence the reason why we go so often, because, you know, Keris' mum and dad spent half the year there. And um, I remember the first time I went and I was really looking forward to it because, you know, I'd never been to Portugal. It was the first time you and I had been away together and, and all of that. But God, like you were just like a woman possessed. Like every morning it was like, Right, uh, we're going for a run. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not really a runner. So I'm like, no, no, let's let's not do that. And then you'd be like, okay, we'll go for a bike ride instead. And I thought, oh, that'd be quite nice. You know, we'll ride to the beach and, you know, all very nice, nice way to start the day. Thinking maybe, you know, nice leisurely cycle. But no, this is when Keris was very much in her, <laughs> everything's got to be a hundred mile an hour phase. And I'm like, uh, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we racing here? Why, why are we doing a time trial? Like a two-hour two hour round trip as well. Like. I'm there like sweating my tits off. Are you even took it? Do you remember? And I'm like, I was, I was looking forward to a nice leisurely leisurely cycle, taking in the surroundings, you know. Do you remember the parachute lovely... we took as well? Oh, yeah. For, for the, oh, the, the sprints on the beach. Know, yeah. Parachute that you, you sprint with it and it would inflate and then create resistance. Yeah. <laughs> thinking yeah our holidays in the early days weren't very restorative it was more like a fitness retreat just for the two of us right we're going to cycle to the beach as quick as we can then we're going to do sprints and sprint then carry each other up the stairs 
But yeah. I'm, just, I'm just going to finish with a really quick summary of, of things that people should be doing. So one is is kind of like take that pressure off yourself. You know, quit looking for a kind of race and a finish line and start to just think, I don't have goals right now. So I'm the opposite of you. I, I've kind of gone, I'm not going to have any more goals. I can't be trusted with goals. Mm. I get too attached to them. I'm like... That doesn't work for my personality, but what is working is just going and seeing what my body is capable yeah. of, and and again, just just. We, we've had a couple of training sessions together, haven't we? Yeah, we have, and only only bit, because bit, bit I've changed. On, I couldn't have trained with you like that because I'd be too impatient and have been yeah. going. I haven't done enough. You'd be um, like jogging on the spot in I between would, I would. sets. I would. I mean, like, okay, I'm just going to do twenty what burpees. Now? What, what now? What are we doing now? <laughs> just rest, carriage. No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> I'm just going to do 50 swings before we leave. But no, <laughs> um, and what I would say is I'm getting stronger. You know, very gradually, I'm seeing kind of strength progressions more than I've ever seen before. Pain-free as well. Posture's looking better. And then just to kind of go back to the kind of nutrition side of things, you've got to have that in place in that, you know, meeting your protein requirements. And I just said that having that mixture of proteins, so not just eating muscle meat all the time, but I'm always kind of making sure at the moment I'm eating things like broth and organ meats. I started off for my gut, but Mm. also think about for your joints. Again, those those proteins are a big part of your your joints as well. Yeah. And, And, you know, making sure you're getting that mixture of proteins and then anti-inflammatory diet full stop which is again just fit food principles load in everything from the oily fish the herbs the spices the vegetables the fruits the good stuff all the good stuff most and of the time yeah you might want to add a bit of extra turmeric ginger rosemary to a smoothie and again to have that anti-inflammatory effect but it is all of it together and the final thing i just want to say is breathe and it is something that we're doing kind of more videos on with our members just to say you've got to be doing the breathing in terms of supporting your your nervous system, that kind of connection all across the body and and always be thinking about just observe your breathing across the day and you'll mm. probably notice your, your shallow chest breathing. We could do a whole episode on this alone, but if you're not doing that kind of deep restorative should like breathing. A, should we have guided meditation episode? <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> Well, one thing I'm just going to say is finally what you'll get is you get very locked in the kind of diaphragm ribcage area <laughs> and that is going to affect your kind of your nervous system quite a bit, your ability to feel relaxed and to get into digestive uh, digestive state, to have the bowel movements and things like that that we mentioned earlier, not Which, relying you on know, coffee. Like, for I, all of I've those started be, when I get into bed now, before I read my book, because, yeah. you know, I, I have like no phone time in the evening yeah. now. I'm very much like getting to, to chill mode. I take 10 really deep breaths. Nice. So I lay in bed yeah. and I just really, just really, really deep breaths 10 times. Yeah, I yeah. just find like the whole time I'm just like, you know, relaxing. And then I read my book and then I'm like, boom, light out, bosh. Awesome. See you later. Night, night. And one thing we should actually mention, uh, we do have a, a weekend event coming up if anyone wants oh, we to do. come and hang out with us in Tunbridge Wells uh, from the, I'm going to get the date wrong now. Is it the 8th? 8th 9th, and the 9th. 10th of November 2019, in case you're retro listening to the podcast. Um, <laughs> and basically, it's a weekend with us training. All the food is covered. We make sure it's all fit of food. We have a great bunch of people. Most, well, I think half of the places are sold already. Well, um, we, did, we did this last year, our first kind of fit a weekender. Yeah. And, you know, not to blow our own trumpet, but it was amazing, wasn't it? It, like, no, it was one of the most enjoyable things I think we, we did. We that were year. on we such were. a high afterwards. I can't even explain it. And it just went so well. Like, yeah. you know, with these things, when, especially when it's the first one you've ever done, you're yeah, almost yeah. like, oh, something's bound to go wrong. And we, we, we finished it and we were like, God, like everything just worked. Everything went to plan. Yeah, it was yeah. a great bunch. We had a really, really great time. And honestly, we were on cloud nine for, for ages afterwards. So it made sense to run it again this year. Um, we switched the focus a little bit. So we're, we're now doing, you're doing kettlebells for a couple of hours in terms of work, really working on technique sessions. Much more technique focused. You know, I'll be, I'll be working you as well, but um, it's all about n- nailing the technique, doing it safely and effectively. Awesome. I'm doing more yoga mobility. And then we've also got a whole session on, on similar to what we've been doing today, but working on things like injury prevention, movement assessments, getting you to your more, own movement screen. More restorative like mobility work, how to warm up properly as yeah. well for your workouts, you know, regardless of what your training is, like having a good warm up can make a big difference. And the big focus is well, as well is on like um, mindset. mindset, isn't yeah. it? You because know, we've had a big shift in our mindset when it comes to everything from our body to kind of what we get stressed about to how we train and kind of our priorities in life and even kind of running a business and so you could say like from a career perspective being able to just reframe things a little bit you know because 
we all have our obstacles and barriers in life and we all get hit with bad news and it's one of those things that can't be avoided as such but we're big fans of just trying to reframe things as much as possible making sure you have got that community around you and developing a more of like a solution-based mindset which is something that's really helped us um over the years because we don't ever kind of put ourselves out there as experts on this kind of, uh, kind of thing but we do have a lot of personal experience and I think also understanding that one of the things I just teach people is how to understand why you think the way you think, why you can't, as we mentioned in the last session, why those behaviours are ever present and then some tools to start to change them. And some things that I've seen work in my practice with clients where I'm like, this really helps, you know, this principle, this book, sometimes it's a talk on YouTube, things like that, that I really want to share and say, just got people challenging their default beliefs, their default actions, and then able to kind of make change. And then obviously we've also got Woodland Walks. We're having games night on Saturday as well. Oh, team gonna, games. It's going to be awesome. Team Carries versus awesome. Team Matt. Yeah, we know who's going to win that one. And Yoga Bells to finish. But yeah, it's going to be a great few days. Awesome food, bit of learning, bit of movement, lots of restorative stuff as well. And, you know, it's just going to be amazing. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> we've set the so, bar now. Last year was great. So this year's got to be even better. So if you fancy joining us, head to fitfood.com and check out events. It's all there. It is. And any questions, let us know. Fit is, hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, any questions, as always, please do reach out and get in touch. And we will see you over in episode 133. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.